Welcome to Talking Ball. I'm your host, Big Matt Wallen, sitting alongside Luke Roth here tonight. And tonight we are missing our our main host, Jaden Wardwell. Right now, he's on a road trip somewhere. And right now, we are going to be talking about Jalen Ramsey. He's back on the. Well, I shouldn't say he's back on the map because he's a great cornerback and on a great defense with the Jaguars. But he just keeps trash talking everybody right now and this time his latest targets are Gronk and Amendola thoughts yeah to open it up um Jalen Ramsey is back on one um calling out Danny Amendola saying that anybody can look good from Tom Brady stating that if he got some certain passes from Tom Brady Jalen Ramsey believes he could be a first team all pro wide receiver um, doesn't think Danny Amendola has the stuff and that he gets a lot that he gets lucky a lot of the time. I don't know where this um hate for Amendola roots from. Um Matt, what was he saying about Gronk? He was saying that Gronk wasn't as good as everybody thinks he is, but I think that's false because think about how dominant Gronk is every single year and I don't think I would be scared of anyone else but Gronk, considering I wouldn't want a I wouldn't want a six foot six, two hundred and seventy pound freak of nature running right at me or even having to cover him. Yeah, I don't think it's a disagreement that Gronk, in both of our opinions, is the best tight end in the league. Um, tremendous hands, tremendous strength. I can even remember a series last year, whether it was I think it was the AFC Championship or it was the Super Bowl, where for a certain drive, or I think four or five plays, Brady threw it to Gronk every single play, and he just caught the ball no matter what the coverage was. For being such a big guy, he actually does have some wheels too. You know, he just he can really move down that field, and it's completely unexpected from a guy that big, but still. Yeah, so staying on the topic, do you think this does any good for not only Jalen Ramsey as a person, but the Jaguars team as a whole? It's really making him look to be a diva, and also I think teams are going to be targeting him a lot, which I think would help him because he is a lockdown cornerback, but it really gives teams a lot of heart to play against that Jaguars defense, and I don't think... Jalen Ramsey talking trash when really he's only had one good year in his career. I don't think it does him any good. I'm starting to get vivid flashbacks of Josh Norman. Wait, who is that? Josh Norman. Yeah, I know he's fallen off. But if you guys don't remember, two or three years ago, Josh Norman was debatably one of the better corners in the league. And week in, week out, he would ext- he would exchange extreme t- trash talk back and forth with other teams and it didn't do so well for him. He had some good rivalries with Odell Beckham Jr. and Des Bryant. He would go back and forth with it with Odell Beckham. I mean, they'd throw each other around, face masks, they'd get called for P.I. I mean, they had, like you said, a very intense rivalry, and it just doesn't seem like it's like that anymore ever since he was traded from the Panthers to the Redskins. Now, I'm not saying I think this trash talk will make Ramsey get traded, but I don't think it shines a good light on these corners. I mean, to be honest... Richard Sherman's guys kind of fall off as well. Yeah, but I think one thing I would say about Josh Norman and Richard Sherman falling off is one due to age and another is due to injuries that can 
really just make players not as good as they used to be. That's always true. I mean, you look at cornerbacks like Darrell Rivas, who was absolutely lights out as Rivas Island back in his prime, but once he got older, like, he just, back with the Jets, he just kept getting exposed deep because he's not a... He's not as fast as he used to be. And Richard Sherman and Josh Norman are both 30 years old, but Jalen Ramsey's proven himself to be a top corner in the game right now, and he's only 23 years old right now. And I think him and Marshawn Lattimore are actually going to be the best corners in the league for years on end. So staying on the topic of NFL, we're going to touch on the Teddy Bridgewater trade. Teddy Bridgewater traded from the New York Jets to the New Orleans Saints this afternoon. Um, Off the bat, I think it's a very good choice. I think Sam Darnold is going to get the most playing time in New York. I think two young quarterbacks doesn't do them any good. I think New Orleans having a backup for Drew Brees, not only a good backup, but a fantastic backup in Teddy Bridgewater is a good idea. They've been lacking that over the years, but I'll touch on it again. I think you're wasting talent when you have Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater battling out for a spot. So I think sending him to New Orleans was a good idea. Well, you could say that they're kind of wasting talent with the Browns and also considering they have a great veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor and also a rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield, number one draft pick overall. Well, you got to remember Tyrod Taylor is getting old. I think he's 30 years old now. Tyrod Taylor is actually 29 years old, and he had his birthday on the 3rd of this month. And plenty of QBs have been good at about this age. You look at Aaron Rodgers, he's 34 right now and turns 35 in a couple of months. At 29, he he won his Super Bowl, or around that time. And Tom Brady won he was 29. He was out there winning Super Bowls with the Patriots. Plenty of QBs have been good at this age. Yes, they may have been good before they hit their 30th birthday, but the work came before that. I don't think you can compare Tyrod Taylor to the winning ways of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. What winning ways of Aaron Rodgers? He's only won one Super Bowl, and even then he was carried by his defense. I'm saying an 11-win season. When was the last time the Bills got there? Well, the thing about Tyrod Taylor is... He doesn't put up a lot of yards every game, but he does get the job done when his team needs him to, and he doesn't throw the ball to the other team as much as some of these other QBs do. I agree with that. Um, To summarize it up, I think the Teddy Bridgewater trade is a good one for both teams. I think it frees up space for Sam Darnold to feel more comfortable in New York. I think it gives New Orleans a good option as a backup for Drew Brees. But staying on quarterbacks, how do you feel about Aaron Rodgers' contract extension? Well, I think Aaron Rodgers, is he definitely deserves that contract extension. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. But I'm not going to say he's the best because Tom Brady is better and the wins prove that. But Aaron Rodgers is the face of the Packers right now. And no one can disagree with that fact right now. And he definitely deserves that contract extension just for the namesake, just like with what happened with Odell Beckham Jr. I I couldn't agree more. Staying on those two people right there, who do you think deserves the extension more, Odell or Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to go with Odell just because he is only like 24 or 25 years old, 
and one of the best wide receivers in the league and only more room to improve. 100% agreed. Plus, there isn't really anyone else in the in the New York Giants organization right now who deserves it. Agreed. I couldn't agree more. On first take today, Stephen A. Smith went into how he thinks this year's Los Angeles Lakers team is his pick to make the Western Conference Finals. Do you think that's logical? I would say that's pretty logical if the Lakers do not face the Warriors before the Western Conference Finals. Considering, you know, LeBron, he has a semi-better team than the Cavaliers last year, but he's still going to have to carry them. And really, like, no matter how how you say that LeBron is one of the greatest, like, and he's carrying teams, but... The Lakers aren't that much of a better team than the Cavaliers, and the Cavaliers got swept, so I don't think the Lakers are beating the Warriors in a series. I personally think that the Lakers, this Lakers team is better than last year's Cavaliers team. I'm not doubting that, but I'm just saying it's not that much of an upgrade to the Cavaliers last year that they're going to win in a series. Yeah, I, I think on defense, the Cavaliers were really lacking a strong defensive player, and adding Lance Stevenson to the Lakers is a big piece. He's, I think, in my opinion, one of the top five defenders in the league. Um, adding him and getting Rajon Rondo at a point guard position, too, I mean, I think these are guys who know how to rebound and shoot after a missed free throw. Talking about the Lakers still, who do you think is going to be starting throughout the season, Rajon Rondo or Lonzo Ball? Um... I think it's going to be Lonzo Ball only for the to get fans into the arena. Um, I think people come to see this LeVar Ball show. I think they come to see Big Baller Brand. I think Lonzo will start, but I do think Rajon Rondo will get playing time, whether it's five to ten minutes a game. That doesn't matter. I think he still will play, but Lonzo will start. What do you think? So you think that Lonzo Ball is the reason that the Lakers are going to get fans in the stadium and not getting the best player in the league in LeBron James this offseason? Well, no, I, I definitely don't think that that is a problem with that. I'm saying I think people are going to come watch Lonzo Ball play in L.A. rather than come to watch Rajon Rondo play in L.A. I think having Big Baller and LeBron on your team, they're going to be the most watched team in the league. I don't disagree with that. But I also think that Rajon Rondo, considering he is a veteran, and Lonzo Ball, his rookie year wasn't the greatest, but he's not a bust like some people for some reason want to keep saying. But I think Rajon Rajon Rondo is going to be starting throughout the season mostly, but I think Lonzo Ball will be starting every few games. Do you think they're going to move Lonzo Ball over to the shooting guard position? I do not think so. I think they've got other players that can play that. I I think they've got other players that can play shooting guard. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to take back. I I don't think Lonzo Ball is going to start. I mean, you look at the passing of Rajon Rondo, it's extremely intricate. I think he's one of the best passers in the league. Um... I think they may move Lonzo over, and if Lance Stevenson can play like you see on these House of Highlight films in the gym with C. Brickley 503, I think he's going to be great. I mean, he in these summer league pickup games, he looks like he could be an all-star. And I think if the if they really gel together and this Lakers team finds chemistry, they're going to be a very tough team to beat, and I think it's very logical for Stephen A. Smith to say that they're going to make the Western Conference Finals. 
What do you think of the Lakers possibly moving LeBron over to the shooting guard position and having either Lonzo or Rajon Rondo start at point guard and then moving maybe, I don't know, Kyle Kuzma to the small forward position? What do you think of that? I think uh, what makes LeBron the GOAT, in my opinion, is that he can play every single position and he can play it well. I mean, you put him at the center, he can post up. You put him at the point, he can run the floor. You put him at shooting guard, he can make transition threes. I think he'll be perfectly fine at shooting guard. I mean, there's not a position that LeBron can't play. I agree with this, but I think the Lakers could do this, but I don't know exactly why I said that LeBron could possibly move over. But considering he's not the greatest three-point shooter, but... I think there still is a chance that he could, just considering the versatility and the fact that the Lakers have plenty of um, players just like LeBron in terms of size, like Kyle Kuzma and maybe maybe even Brandon Ingram. Yes, but I mean, you can't compare Brandon Ingram's size and strength to the stature of LeBron. It's like comparing a praying mantis to a freight train. Now, going into some MLB... I think, honestly, the AL Cy Young pitcher um, of the year should be Otani. Moving into some MLB, we're going to discuss some key matchups this week for the MLB. Uh, We have A's Mariners, and then we have Dodgers D-backs. We'll start off with A's Mariners. This is a pivotal series for the Mariners. If the Mariners lose this series, their playoff chances most likely tank. But if they can find a way to get two or three wins here against the Athletics, their chances immediately boost up. They won tonight, 7-1. to one. They were really impressive. and now they, But they still find themselves what I believe to be four and a half back of the Athletics. With two games remaining in the series, if the Mariners can pick these two up and find themselves what would be, what, two games back? Uh, yes, it would be two games back. I think they could find themselves in prime playoff position. The Astros haven't been played, haven't been playing well. They lost again tonight. If the Mariners can pick up a late run here, like the Cardinals are doing right now in the NL Central, I see the Mariners sneaking in with the wild card and perhaps the AL West. The last AL West matchup that the Mariners had, where it was a an away four game series against one of the contenders it was against the Astros and it was a four game sweep well they're in the same situation against the A's right now as it's a four game series in Oakland right now and the Mariners just won seven to one right now and honestly if they can just keep that offensive efficiency going then I think they can sweep and they would only be one game behind from the second wild card spot yeah, I, it's it's amazing to see how well the Mariners play on the road compared to how they play at home. They just played a series against, well, was it at home or away where they played against the Padres? Uh, I believe it was at home. Just ridiculous that they would lose to one of the worst teams in not only the National League but in the whole MLB and then come out and beat, the, debatably, the most hottest team in in the MLB. It's crazy to see how well they play on the road. And like you said, Matt, I think if they keep it up, they can find themselves in prime position and take one of the wild card spots. The Mariners right now actually are doing better at home currently than away, but when they are away, I think they feel more pressure and I think that just gives them a lot of that just gives them a chip on the shoulder to play with. 
but right now their home record is 38 and 28 and their away record is 37 and 31 so they're better at home but not by much but it just gives them that that chip on the shoulder to beat an AL West um opponent on the road yeah I mean I'd like to see the Mariners get into the playoffs more than anyone else. It seems like every year they fall short by one or two games. Um, I definitely want to see them in the playoffs this year. But moving on to the NL side of this um, big series, we have the Dodgers and D-backs. Matt, do you want to touch on that? This hurts me because I'm a Dodgers fan, and you'll never find a bigger Dodgers fan than I am, than maybe, I guess, Oral Hershiser or something, but... The Dodgers tonight, they lost to the Diamondbacks off of one solo home run. And, well, the Diamondbacks won 3-1 to tonight. The Dodgers' offense, they need to step it up or they will not win this series against the Diamondbacks. In fact, the Dodgers are 3-10 and against the Diamondbacks this season. And if they just can't keep the offense consistent and if they can't start hitting with two strikes more instead of just striking out or going for the home run then they are not going to be making the playoffs this year for the first year in seven years it'd be crazy to imagine the playoffs without the Dodgers um as a Cubs fan I would love to see them back in the NL championship series so we could beat them before we go to the world series you just want revenge from last year exactly of course I do I mean last year it was a disappointing showing I mean Watched all five games, and they were absolutely horrific. There was Justin Turner's walk-off home run and Kike Hernandez hitting three bombs, including, I think it was a grand slam. Kind of um, left the Cubs with a bad taste in their mouth. Well, hey, I mean, they can spur that type of long ball offense here against um, the Diamondbacks this week. I can see them pushing for a playoff spot. Or maybe the the Padres coming out of the... (laughs) Coming out of the NL West, there, looking. I think they're fifty-six and eighty-four. I think they could make maybe a little late run. Fifty-three and eighty-three, and only twenty-two games behind. Hey, there's always time for a team like that to come back. They would pretty much have to win out, and everyone else would have to lose out. <laughs> hey, I called it. I'm not gonna call this one. My my sleeper pick of the week is already Oregon State. <laughs> Well, if you put down $100 for Oregon State this week and they do win, you'd end up winning $20,000. So, hey, that that may be worth it. Um, staying staying on MLB, we're going to touch on the... Staying with the MLB, the Los Angeles Angels right now out of Am- Anaheim. Shohei Otani is getting ready to pitch again this Sunday against the Astros. And before of this news where Shohei Otani is apparently pitching... It seemed like he was out for the season pitching-wise, considering he had some kind of torn ligament. But now it seems like the Angels are kind of rushing him back. What do you think of rushing back a young arm like this? This seems very familiar to the San Francisco Giants rushing back Madison Bumgarner. you got to let the arm fully heal. There's lots of small ligaments that are even hard to see up on a radar. Um, if I mean, you never know. If the doctors are fully clearing him and... Um, it's fully gone by Otani, and he really thinks that he's ready to go. That's totally fine. But, I mean, if he's kind of saying he's okay because just just wants to get back out there and keep his numbers up, or if he's just saying he's okay just to get it over with and the doctor's not really fully assessing, then, then you have a problem because he may finish out this year perfectly fine but then have a very bad problem for the rest of his years. Every player who's injured always wants to say that 
they're feeling fine after an injury. But no, you just cannot be rushing these arms back so soon, especially from a young pitcher who has lots of potential and lots of talent right now, also lots of velocity. You just can't be rushing him back so soon. And honestly, I, th- I thought he was going to be out for the rest of the season, and w- well, pitching-wise anyways, and I think they should have just kept with that considering you don't want to end up wasting that arm. And keeping on the subject of the MLB, today Andrew McCutcheon got traded from the Giants to the Yankees, and I just don't like this trade, and let me tell you why. Because the Yankees already have some good outfielders. They've got John Carlos Stanton, who sure is a DH, But if the Yankees really expect to be contending, which I think they do considering they're making all these trades this year, then they will be playing a National League team, and John Carlos Stanton cannot DH when they're at a National League team's home. And they've got other outfielders other than Stanton and Judge. They've got Aaron Hicks, who's a defensive beast, and he's batting just about the same as Andrew McCutcheon right now if not a little bit better, considering he has 100 less at-bats, but more RBIs, and the same amount of walks, and the same batting average. And then you've also got Brett Gardner, who's speedy. He can get an extra base or two off of stealing bases, and honestly, I don't see Andrew McCutcheon being more than just a nice bench bat to have. And other teams, I think should have picked him up, including the Cardinals. I think he would have been a great fit, great veteran who could teach some um, young outfielders in St. Louis right now that no one really talks about. But they're going to be pretty good in Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill. And honestly, I think the Cardinals or some other team should have claimed Andrew McCutcheon off the waivers instead of the Yankees. Yeah, this this trade doesn't really make sense. I mean, um, the Yankees already have a star-studded outfield. I mean, you obviously have Judge and Stanton out there. I mean, I, I just don't see an outfield really working unless you um, you take Stanton out of a DH. Maybe you put him in left field, or maybe you put Gardner in left field, and then or Hicks even, one of those three, and then you, maybe you're putting McCutcheon out in center, and then you obviously have a lock with Judge and right. I don't really see what the Yankees are doing here. I mean, unless these prospects are something worth trading, I I can't see that this trade helps the Yankees. There, are, Like you said, Matt, there are a lot of teams that this could help, though. Well, yeah, and considering how waivers worked, obviously a team like the Cardinals didn't claim them, considering the team with the lowest record that claims a player gets to make a trade for that player, and the Yankees do have a better record than the Cardinals right now. Thanks for tuning in to episode 5 of Talking Ball. Make sure to check out episode 6, which should be recorded and uploaded by next Tuesday. And thank you, thank you all of you for um, all the support you guys have given us.